second chapter of the book of Ephesians, I guess we'll begin the fourth verse. It said, but God. That's bad enough said there. Amen. But God. <clears throat> Who is rich in mercy. For his great love wherewith he loved us. Even when we were dead in sins, hath he quickened us together with Christ, by grace, you're saved. And hath raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Sometime when I'm studying, I, especially I come to that point, you come, you come across something and it just turn you on and you're so happy about it. it it's right you in a heavenly place. You, you just kind of dismiss everything else at that point and, and sit in a heavenly place in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, that not of yourselves is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. <clears throat> For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. This scripture is so plain. I don't know how you could mess it up. Uh, and another thing right behind that, you can't mess up the word of God. If you just use it, it won't mess up. But I come here, I got thinking this week again, I got two or three fellows that uh, have a good bit of dealing with, and they're quite good people as far as the world's concerned. They're, they're, they uh, keep law, keep law of the land, they, and they'll tell you they haven't done anything, they haven't done anything worth it. Death hadn't uh, killed anybody. Uh, also, they are quite content to think that they have made a profession of faith and they have what they call applied their faith. Now, when you take this whole thing in context, you can figure out pretty readily that you don't have any faith. It comes from God. Uh, one of one of these fellows, I've tried numerous times to get him to go to church with me. Come down here. How long ago I told him come down here? I said, you you know you're out of church, and that's not a good testament. Uh, but he's quite convinced that he made his profession of faith and applied his faith, as he said. And I say a profession not worth anything. A commitment 
is what we need. We need to be committed. Just walking down the aisle and doing a, what they call profession of faith is absolutely worthless. Uh, matter of fact, I believe it's the best tool the devil has got. You just draw people down through emotions. Give them something to soothe their conscience a little and they remain in that state. You know, this seemed like forever. This one fellow, I've been talking to him about it for years. And he's still convinced that his profession he made is sufficient. He, and they told him, said, don't you ever doubt your faith. And I still say that's a dangerous position to get into when you say that you're applying your faith is sufficient for salvation. Salvation is not a one-time thing. Brother Lee, Brother Russell said that just the other day. Uh, it's a continuing the continuing on to know the Lord. Just by one profession, you cannot know the Lord. He's so deep. Matter of fact, we, we're just not going to be able to. In our time we have in this world, we will not be able to completely know the Lord. Sometime in eternity, we will. We'll know Him as we're known. But, Lord, help us to get rid of that idea that man has any spark of divinity at all left in him. Nothing. Dead in trespasses and sins. Unable to get up. I said before not long ago, unless you see the resurrection in this life, you're not going to see it in the next life. There'll be no resurrection except unto hell. Sometimes we don't leave that off. We don't, we don't want to be that firm. This unto hell, there is such place. And your profession is not going to keep you out of it. But I believe if you have a truth saving grace applied upon you, you'll seek to keep the commandments. Praise the Lord. The uh, Lord's always busy. He's always feeding. He's always feeding his flock. And we don't ever get full. We need feeding. We go three or four times a day to eat, don't we? And the same thing applies to God. We need to eat of Him. Just keep filling. Belly never gets full. That, that's scriptural also. You don't ever get full. It needs feeding. It is a perpetual saving grace that comes upon man. Therefore, being justified by faith, we're at peace with God. We no longer are angry with Him. We need to come to Him. It humbles us that we might seek Him and seek Him early. 
What do you do when you wake up in the morning? Do those thoughts come to you? Thank you, Lord. You've been, you've been good to me. And we praise you for it. In 1 Timothy, <clears throat> I would that I could, especially one of these fellows that I could convince him to come, come with me, he needs it. Like I say, he's really a good fellow. I think a whole lot of him, but uh, I can't get him to budge because he's so confident in what he's got. First Timothy, the fourth chapter. <clears throat> verse 6 I guess and if ye put the brethren in remembrance of these things thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ nourished up in the words of faith and good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained that's how far you have come you've got that but you need to continue on but refuse profane and uh, uh, but refuse profane and old wise fables and exercise thyself rather in godliness. Lay all that other whole stuff aside. Come to the pure word of God. For bodily exercise profiteth little, but godliness. But godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of life that now is, and of that which is to come. It seems to me like here even there is a continuing on. You've got it now, and you're looking forward to that that's to come. We patiently wait for it if we have the grace of God. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God, who is a savor of all men, especially of those that believe. These things command and teach. Let no man despise our youth. But be thou an example of the, of the believers in word and in conversation, in charity, in spirit, and in faith, and in purity. Till I come, give attendance to reading and to exhortation into the doctrine. Neglect not the gift, the gift that is in thee. You didn't have a thing in the world to do with nothing except to be committed and to follow, to follow on to know the Lord. 
neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by prophecy. With the laying on of hands of the presbytery, meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them, and our profiting may appear to all. In the love of God is shed abroad. It appeared all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them. For in doing this thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. Not going to save all of them, but this one thing understand that there is a saving of all men until we die. There is a saving. The preaching of the gospel is the saving of the world. You, you don't think much about it, but but when you preach the gospel, it goes out. You can't keep it in. It goes forth. It's going to do what it in, was intended to do. But it brings some peace upon the land. It saves all men. Not a saving faith. Uh, it doesn't give that. But it keeps things from being a total anarchy. It brings to people's conscience, resurrects it in them, and it causes them to want to escape the wrath of God. It's always present. It's always there in every man. He's fearful. He's always fearful. Because it doesn't have any grace in him. But we need to follow on that they might be made to know what is the wrath of God upon sinful man. First Peter. second chapter verse 1 he said there wherefore laying aside all malice and all guile and hypocrisies and envies and all evil speakings as newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word it's kind of one of Paul's pet peeves here and back <laughs> I don't know where it got started, but maybe in the American Baptist Association. I know them people better than anybody else. Uh, they want to say, well, he's saved. This is that fellow now that's got that profession don't really know. He's saved, but he's just a babe in Christ. He's just had a little milk of the word. And I'll say, yeah. That's kind of right, but I don't know about that saving. He needs some. Needs the milk of the word. But he's got a desire to get it. That's what it said here. 
newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the word that they may grow thereby. If so be, ye have trusted that the Lord is gracious. Otherwise, you're not going to seek it. not going to come to it. But if the Lord is gracious, to whom coming as unto a living stone allowed indeed of men, but chosen of God and precious. And they won't come to it. You know, these things I'm talking about, I know them. I know them from personal experience. When I was just a boy, I walked down an aisle and done that very thing. And then I was caught up in that for a long time. Before the Lord began to show me that I didn't have any saving faith. I needed some. Salvation only comes when a man is humble down and seek the Lord. Seek the Lord early. Seek him while he may be found. All those things are true. But don't put your hope in something you have done. I'll say it once again. A man doesn't have not one spark of divinity in him. It says he is dead. Now, you can't get any deeper or worse than that. Dead. Under everything. Dead, dead. In the book of Romans. The sixth chapter. Book of Romans, we could go away almost any place and start. I guess the eleventh verse said, Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Well, that's the first thing we got to do is die. Unless the seed is planted. Unless it die and it's planted, it won't produce anything. That's just simple truth back. And it's so, there again, it's so, how could you misunderstand that? So we must, in fact, die. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let not sin therefore reign in your more body that you should obey it in the lust thereof. Well, there must be an overcoming. We must be always crucifying the flesh. 
we must be always putting sin aside. You know it's always in us. We got this old body. We we call a fleshly body, and we're not talking about this this flesh. We're talking about that 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 uh, spiritual fleshly nature. But we still have it. You're not going to get rid of it until you die. The whole body. One day we'll die, we'll get rid of it. Neither yield your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin. Well, it's quite easy to do that. You have to keep bringing old body under the law, but yield yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead and your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. For sin shall not, it's talking about after you are being saved. For sin shall not have dominion over ye, for ye are not under the law, but under grace. What then shall we sin because we're not under the law, but under grace? God forbid. That's the reason we need to run from it. Run from it. Always getting out of this way. It'll roll over you. It'll get you. Scripture said the devil is walking about seeking whom he may devour. And believe me, he's one of the most high-powered angels there in this world. He'd be booted out of heaven for that. And he's beautiful. Yeah. With sin in me. If the Lord doesn't keep us from it. It's easy. It's beautiful to us. That's our nature. That's our nature. We must put on a new man. And try to get away from it. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey his servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but have ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine that was delivered unto you. The doctrine that was delivered was come unto me, all ye that are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Find rest in the Lord. Sin is a heavy burden. I don't know why we won't carry it so long. It's burdensome because our conscience knows the wrath of God. That's one thing we know. From the very beginning, we know that. We, we can understand it even by the Scripture. Look at Adam and Eve when they run and hid. Put the pig leaves on. They knew what the wrath of God was. Seeing. 
He didn't have to be taught that. But we do need to be taught the knowledge that is in God, in Christ Jesus. In the book of Proverbs, the sixth chapter, This one fellow I was talking about, he got mad at his church. He used to go to church some, if it was convenient. Yeah, he was committed to this extent. He'd go down there and get the heater lit <laughs> every Sunday morning. Uh, might not even stay for church, but he'd do that much. He was committed to that, but his profession of faith is, is all he needs. <clears throat> I believe 16th verse. 6th chapter and 16th verse. These six, six things doth the Lord hate. Yea, even seven are an abomination unto him. A proud look, a lying tongue, in hands that shed innocent blood, and heart that devises wicked imaginations, feet that be swift and run into mischief, a false witness that speaketh lies, and he that soweth discord among the brethren. All these things Lord not going to put up with. That's another way to say it. He's just not going to put up with. My son, Keep thy father's commandment, and forsake not the law of thy mother. Bind them continually upon thine heart, and tie them about thy neck. When thou goest, it shall lead thee. When thou sleepest, it shall keep thee. When thou awakest, it shall talk with thee. For the commandment is a lamp. And the law is light, and reproofs of instruction are the way of life. Do you want to live? Keep the commandment. Do you want to live? Shuck off all these things. Now they do it one by one, but work on it. You got to keep working on it. They just, you know, the things just keep springing up in our old fleshly minds. If you ever stop, it'll get you. No stopping. We must continue on to know the Lord. It's just that simple. In the eighth chapter. Verse 12, it's that eye of wisdom. Uh, this eye here really is Jesus Christ. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. 
The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. That's the first thing we need to learn. If you are saved, if you have made that commitment, that's the first thing you're going to do is hate evil. And you'll understand that. Hate evil, pride and arrogancy and evil way and the forward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine. It's in sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign and princes decree, decree justice. By me, princes rule and nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. And I went back to that I. I won't go back to that I. It is Jesus Christ. This is where all knowledge originates in him. I love them that love me and those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. It's an everlasting riches. My fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance. You underscore that. I, the Lord, I, the Lord, that is wisdom, because he to inherit substance, and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting and from the beginning or ever the earth was. They talk also about this profession. <clears throat> they, don't, they don't ever need to doubt that. They hold on to that. But it's not worth anything. <clears throat> Nothing lasting about it. The faith that is of Jesus Christ is a lasting faith. It endures all things. That wisdom that comes from God endures all things. It continues on with us always. In the book of Philippians, <clears throat> the first chapter. Not where I want to go to the second chapter. 
verse 5, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. That's where we need to come to. That's where we're trying to go. Let this man be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in the fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Now this is an example he's setting forth here for you and I. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Having said all that, he said, Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but how, uh, now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without murmuring and disputings, that you may blame, be blameless and harmless, the Son of God without rebuke in the midst of a crooked, perverse nation, among whom you shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. The Apostle Paul was admonishing him to go about and do good. He also warned him about where he is at in a crooked and perverse nation. Same one we're in today. Only I believe it's progressed worse also. It's going to grow worse and worse. I'm always drawn back to Matthew 24. chapter's going to be worse than it ever has been. And then he put ads this on or ever will be. That's the world we live in. That's the world it'll overcome you if you're not careful. We need to lay those things aside. Old wives' tales and stuff. Lay it aside and look to the pure word of God that we may be blameless. That we may be blameless. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians, the sixth chapter. 
verse 11. O ye Corinthians, our mouth is open unto you, our heart is enlarged. You're not straightened in us, but ye are straightened in your own bowels. Now for a recompense in the same, I speak as unto my children, be ye also enlarged. Put on Christ. Be enlarged. Be ye not unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship hath righteousness with unrighteousness? And what communion hath light with darkness? And what concord hath Christ with Belial? Or what part hath he that believeth with an infidel? In what agreement? at the temple of God with idols, for ye are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk in them, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. That wasn't the end of it. Wherefore come out from among them that be ye separate, saith the Lord. And touch not the unclean thing, and I will receive you, and will be a father unto you. And ye, and you, and ye shall be my sons and daughters, saith the Lord Almighty. It's sure a thing that we need to come out from. We're going to live in this world until we die. But we don't have to go out and look for trouble. It's all out there. It's all around us. We need to be careful. Always. Even like myself, I, I, uh, like I say, this fellow I'm talking about, uh, one especially, uh, sometimes I have to be careful. <laughs> Get to think like he does. He's pretty convincing. I hadn't give up yet. Though when he hadn't walked off yet. You know, and said, don't, don't say that anymore to me. So I, I just continue on. Hoping. That the Lord will. Change his mind. His mindset's strong. It'll have to be the Lord that does it. Maybe it will someday. He'll be in the family of God. Join the family. In the book of Hebrews, we'll, we'll try to finish this up. <coughs> In the Hebrew, book of Hebrews, the fourth chapter. In verse 1, Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest. And any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached. We've heard it as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith. And they keep telling me they've applied their faith. 
that there wasn't any there. No mixture of it there. No mixture of faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter in to rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spake in a certain place of the seventh day, and on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works, and in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest, seeing therefore it remaineth, that some must enter therein. And to whom it was first preached, enter not in because of unbelief. Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David today also, after so long a time as it is said today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your hearts. For if Jesus had given them rest, then he would not afterward have spoken of another rest. The rest we're going to see in heaven not going to be nothing like that first one. There remaineth therefore a rest for the people of God. For he that had entered into his rest, he also ceased from his own works, as God did from his. And this may seem a little strange to you, but let us, let us labor. Hmm. Don't cease from our own works but we're going to labor. We need to keep on laboring. Everybody don't want to work. It's this nature with man, I guess. I keep, I hear all this buzzing going around with my, some of my folks. I hear all this buzzing going, well, when I retire, you know, I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do how long, and they're looking. That's all they can see. There ain't any rest in that. But they think it is. They think that they're going to find some rest. But we must labor to enter into it. You know, if you labor all day and you lay down at night, you, you can rest. It's just something the Lord put in us. It's the same way with this. Let us labor, therefore, that we might enter into the rest lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit. That's pretty sharp, isn't it? Of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of heart. Neither is any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things are naked and open unto his eyes of him with whom we have to do. 
seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Now I'll agree it does say profession here. But it's also a commitment. Hold on to what you've committed, knowing that God is able to keep that which is committed unto him against the last day, that we might see him as he is, seeing face to face. But let us labor and work out our own salvation with fear and tremble. Don't ever get to thinking you're more high and mighty than you are. Don't think too much of yourself. <clears throat> Always judge by the perfect law of liberty.